find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home at last. Behind the baller. Woo! I am charged the fuck up, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the one, the only, the almighty world famous Behind the Baller podcast, always recorded in 8K high doge Phoenician sound. If you didn't know, now you know. This is a globally top-ranked podcast produced by the eight-time podcast producers of the year, the Dust Brothers. That's Miles Davis and my man Jordan Winter. We give you nothing but museum-quality professional podcasting every Monday afternoon. Yes, I, I know. We, listen, we will get back to two episodes a week, and we will also get video soon, okay? Shit is moving right the fuck along. Now, if you didn't know, again, now you know because I'm telling you. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, also known by many as the Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. the Korean Liam Neeson, a.k.a. the Wash Lord, a.k.a. I didn't do it and he didn't do it, a.k.a. the Forrest Gump of hip-hop, a.k.a. Player 456 from the number one television show Squid Game. Guys, how the fuck are you? By the way, we are at over 3 million downloads this year alone. Okay, BTB got action in this motherfucker. That is a huge milestone. In fact, we are at 10 million downloads since we began this podcast journey. And I am ever so fucking grateful for all you guys, the BTB army. All right. We have a fucking show for you today. You know, I just used the F word like four times, Miles. I don't know. Listen, guys, I'm going to go left later in this episode, okay? And I'm going to continue to keep going left. I will not make a complete circle. I will just be going left, left, and left. Nothing but left turns until this roast is over, okay? So listen, have you guys ever heard of Willie Hutch? Yes, he's an old school, legendary soul R&B legend, okay? Do you guys listen to I Am Rappaport podcast? I'm going to Willie Hutch someone for the first time in BTB history. Make sure you do not pause. Make sure you do not stop, go away, or do anything, or even listen to this show in segments. You need to listen to it in its entirety. I go the fuck off. Have you ever seen a vitamin water display at your local store? It's like walking into an actual rainbow. Now, is it just me or are the flavors of vitamin water insanely attractive with titles like uh, energy, revive, focus, refresh, essential, 
Power C, and Triple X. It's so easy to pick a flavor to match your vibe. The Real Flex is flavor. Don't forget to check out our newest flavors, Gutsy, Watermelon, Peach, and Look Blueberry Hibiscus. Behind the baller and vitamin water, always refreshing. So y'all, I'm back from NYC, back from New York, man. I had a great time there. This was the first time ever since I've been starting going to, to New York City, like in, what, 30 years or so, that uh, in 30 years of going to the Rotten Apple, pretty much, I have never turned around a two-day trip there. And it wasn't like 48 hours, more like 60 hours, but, but you know, you get what I'm saying. I, I just never, ever took a quick trip to New York, like at the very least three days, you know, it's just weird. Um, but my purpose of going there was to deliver the uh, cause one of one artist proof piece, million dollar piece. He has his own. It was also his birthday. He didn't tell me, so I couldn't prepare a gift. But you know what? He used that as his gift. Um, he had his latest show, uh, the debut. So I was invited to the friends and family, not open to the public. Uh, his latest show was called Spoke Too Soon at the Scars Debt Gallery in um, the Upper uh, West Side. Or the Upper East Side. I'm sorry, Upper East Side. Yeah, Upper East Side, I'm sorry, sorry. The cheapest painting he had in his gallery show was just over $100,000. And we're talking about a two-foot squared painting, okay? And there's only a few of those. But the big dog paintings, like the big, big motherfuckers, those are like a mil easy. So um, his artist-proof diamond spaceman piece that I moke, that, that I made, that I made, that I moke, what the fuck? Um, you know, it broke the internet when we delivered it to Cuddy, the original, you know, uh, rose gold joint with the baby blue uh, diamonds and the, um, the pink sapphires. But this is the artist proof again. So the artist proof could be slightly different than it is. We went all white on white. And my personal opinion is that this is, this was more my flow and there's more cause flow, you know. And because um, Scott likes colors and shit and everything, right? And it was just beautiful piece regardless. Both of them just incredible the white hit a little different, right? This white, it, it, just the chain, everything, how heavy it was. Literally the immaculate conception. Um, now, rumor is on Thursday night at the gallery showing, um, someone offered him $2 million and Kaz said no. Now, I would have sold the motherfucker, right? And been like, yo, Kaz, make an artist proof too. Because you can make an AP too, right? And I'd been like, fuck. But you know what? Kaz said no, he don't need the money. I think also because it's our first official collab that's actually in the books and it's his first jewelry collaboration ever. You know, it means something to him. That means something to me that, you know, he felt that way about the piece. And I appreciate because it's, it's like Brian is, man, I've always been a fan and everything. It's just crazy. So, you know, that piece is going to make its rounds, I believe, across the globe, you know, for sure. And museums and such can be around when I'm gone. And I'm very excited, you know, um, I'm very honored to have been a page in Cause's book, like in his life. That's that's cool that, you know, even if it's one page, whatever, you know, we've done a few pieces, but that's like the official joint. It's pretty dope for me. You know, um, after the Cause private friends and family show, there was a dinner, um, like not even like just a few doors down. It was crazy. He rented out the whole spot. It was really nice. You know, of course, you got to show your vaccination card and all that stuff, champagne, wine, and uh, I got to run into a bunch of familiar, familiar faces at the show and at the dinner as well. 
uh, Futura was there, you know, legendary dude. He had came up to me and said, yo, I thank you. I appreciate you um, saying, you know, having my back and saying what you said, you know, with North Face. Uh, saw Miss Info. I haven't seen her in a while. You know, she's Korean. She's legendary. Hot 97 uh, host. And also, she's a jewelry um, connoisseur. You know, she had one uh, amazing book back in the day, Places and Spaces. Got to meet him. Uh, my boy, Easy. It's funny. Uh, Easy works for Travis Scott. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. And, and um, nice little surprise there. But yeah, uh, even Supreme founder, CEO James Jebbia was there. And that was cool. Some other major artists were there. Uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank right now, but I want to keep it moving. But the dinner was more like, because I guess so many people came by, you know, in Cos. It's so crazy to see Cos drink wine and have fun and just be, uh, you know, chill. He turned 47. I didn't know that Cos was that close in age. I, mean, I knew, we, we, you know, he was in his 40s, just didn't know we were that close. Um, crazy. He went to SVA, right, School of Visual Arts in, uh, in New York City. And my cousin Peter went to SVA at the same time. So, um, I don't know, weird, but yeah, anyway, the dinner was more like hors d'oeuvres then, you know, and champagne and things like that. And I was like, yo, I was so fucking hungry. Cause I got off a plane, rushed straight to the fucking hotel, had my security, you know, ready to go. Boom. And I didn't get to eat shit. Checked in, you know, had a dope ass room and didn't even get to enjoy anything. I was like, yo, went straight to the show. And then at the show I was sitting there and I was like, yo, I'm fucking hot. I was high as fuck, by the way. Smoke. By the way, shout out to my boy Nelson, man. He, he has some, he has some loud pack for me on the drive uh to my hotel. But you know, it's like 8 45, 9 p.m. And the show started at six. And I'm hungry as a motherfucker, right? So my bro Steven uh Victor was there. And I've mentioned Steven's name several times here on the show. But uh for those of you who don't know, Steven Victor, uh, he uh he has a company called Victor Victor. He manages Pusha T. He was executive producer of Pop Smoke, kind of brought Pop Smoke into the game, had a couple other big artists. Um, and uh, he has his own label, like I said, his own company. He's one of the smartest guys low-key that I know in the music game still. And the fact that he could still do this, he has collaborations with Human Made. He's uh, was a very high-up executive at Universal. I think he still might be, I'm not sure. But um, very few people that I've seen that I've known, I think I've been around the music business for years, right? I'm not in it anymore, but so few people that I know have made the moves that he's done, right? He's also a car collector. You know, he's, he's, um, I remember when he only had like, you know, a couple cars, but he's like going crazy. Like he's, he's doing well and I'm happy for him. He's, he's still, you know, relatively young. I think he's, I think Steven might be 40, but it's just, he's doing really good and it's great. He used to manage Tyga and I met him through Tyga. Just weird, even though, you know, cause I, he always lays in the cut and I really tripping or whatever. But anyway, so me and Steve, uh, me and Steven headed downtown to Nobu. I was like, little motherfucker, I'm not, dog, I'm ready to go eat, you know, some fucking halal guys. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm starving. But Steven, a little bougie, he's like, nah, fuck that. We're going to Nobu. We're going to get some real food and get some Wagyu and all that. So we went the fuck in. Now, the thing I love about going to dinners with, you know, with, with guys in my tax bracket, I mean that, like, truly, is that there, there's no fighting over a bill. There's no like, you know, we have similar tastes, like, fuck it, let's do it, let's go. You know, there's no worried about nothing. I don't have no weirdo, like, I have to think about, oh, well, this. And and it wouldn't even matter, the company's so good, I'm not tripping. What I'm saying, though, is that it that's never going to be an issue. Some people are like, they have to, you know, people go out, people eat dinner, people do certain things, they have fun. Someone has to pay the bill, some people pitch it. I don't know, it's just never an issue when you're out with people who are, 
you know, have the similar background, all that stuff and everything, right? You know, sit there like, oh, how much was dinner? Oh, shit. Well, okay, well, I'll get you next time or whatever. It's none of that, you know? Oh, like, you know, you sit there like, oh, how much was it? It's just me and him. Uh, 1200 bucks? Okay. Knock it the fuck off. All right, I got it, right? You know? And he'd be like, no, no, fuck that. You got this, man? No, no, I got it. You know, it's we're good. But the convos during the dinner, that's where it's truly priceless. You know, Stephen Victor is a real dude. Um, he's putting out an executive producing Nego's album. Yes, that Nego, general, founder of Bape, right? Bathing Ape. So I'm actually going to try to help him with that album a little bit. Not like, not for money and not like that. And no, just, he's asked me to try to, you know, use some of my plugs and whatever. And um, to say my first night in New York City was busy is a fucking huge understatement. Like, even when I got dropped off at my hotel after dinner and everything, it was shit. Dinner probably finished at like 11.30 or something, right? And I'm just kind of like, and that's only nine something our time in New York, I mean, LA. So I'm like, kind of just feel weird. Um, I hit the 24-hour deli across the street, spent like $80 on fucking Justin's peanut butter cups and because I can't have peanut butter on my son, obviously, with London. You know, got some cakes, got some fucking mango got my little green teas and my fucking aloe drinks and all that shit and everything, right? Then no Pakari split. I didn't feel like going all the way over to the fucking Japanese spot. Wasn't that deep. But I come back to my room and there's, uh, you know, champagne, chocolate, strawberries, an array of fruit. There's like fruit I've never even, I don't even know what the fuck the name of these fruits are, right? But there's pears, underrated. Pears are so underrated, it's crazy. But it, it was nice, you know, that they fucking had went out of their way and got me that galaxy chocolate. You can have all kinds of little gourmet chocolate here and there, but that Galaxy, besides uh, Touche or Touche, I would say, I guess I use how you pronounce it. I, I don't know anything that can fuck with that Galaxy chocolate. That shit is that milk chocolate is butter. Shit is incredible. And then you know they have the Albanese gummy bears for me. I don't know how to fuck. I just love when you stay at a hotel, especially at a five star joint. They know what time it is. But um, it's literally my favorite shit is the twenty four hour delis. You know. And then the hotel has room service and they have the fucking bomb ass shit and everything. It's just, it's crazy, right? So, you know, have my little snacks, watch a couple movies and shit. And um, the thing I love about New York is that you can get an official meal in New York City at 3 a.m. even, right? You go get you a chopped cheese, whatever. And even during the pandemic, shit, it's just, it's just something I love. But um, while in New York City, I didn't waste any time because I didn't have a whole lot of time, right? But I also slept really decent, you know, um, probably went to bed like at 2 a.m. I didn't wake up until fucking 9, 45, 10 a.m. That's eight hours. I don't get eight hours of sleep, like not ever. And thank God I didn't have an immediate early meeting. I was going to try to go to my agency because my agency was only a few blocks away. But I was like, nah, man, I need to sleep in. I haven't slept for shit lately. Especially, you know, because at home, my kids, Ryder wakes me up at 5 a.m. I don't know why. I, I wish I had the answer to that. I just don't know why. And at 5 a.m., they are ready to seize the day. They're ready to eat. They're ready to go play. They're ready to do all kinds of shit. School, they are not. Right? But, you know, got to do a little bit of light shopping. Got to meet up with some people from the Doge community. But I was able to catch up with um, my boy Greg Yuna, obviously, right? And then uh, later on, um, was it Friday night, I think, I had dinner with Tracks. Tracks NYC and my boy Safari. Now, for those of you who don't know, uh, if you know Safari, Safari used to be married to Nicki Minaj, and now he's uh, married to Eric Menya, 
who's also a pretty big model. And, you know, um, she's a, she's a beautiful girl, by the way. Um, so far, I moved to Miami, actually, like, pretty recently. And the funny thing is, is me and Safari have known each other since he was married to Nikki way back. And I met Safari like in 2013. Might have been even a little sooner, right? Didn't even know. I was just like, oh, who's that dude that's always with Nikki? You know, is he a dancer? Is this, this, this? He was more involved. And a lot of people don't like him for whatever reason. I don't fucking know. You know what? I've known dude a long time. And to be real, he's always been super chill. Never no issue. He bought some joy for me here and there. Not once did I ever ask this dude, oh man, I want to meet Nicki Minaj. Can I meet her? Blah, 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 whatever. He even had Nicki follow me on Twitter, right? And when they broke up, I unfollowed her. And the funny thing is she noticed that shit. She unfollowed me, right? Never asked him for anything. But also by random as fuck chance, he's a real motorcycle rider. Like he's a real rider. He stunts the whole nine. So he randomly connected with my really good friend, Johnny, um, Johnny Blocks, you know, LRG stunt team, Johnny, who was a part of that LRG stunt team when Jonas was alive. I actually started that team. I actually got Johnny on the fucking bike, which is crazy. But anyways, it was good to catch up at dinner. We had this chill, small, quiet Italian spot in Midtown. And uh, Max, aka Trax, he doesn't want me to talk about the place because he has his like little spots that he goes to it. He was really excited to have dinner. And um, the reason why he didn't want to post certain things during the dinner is because recently he was robbed. I don't know if you know, he got um, robbed outside a Buddha bar. Uh, these punk ass clowns, they got him for a Richard Mill watch. And um, crazy thing about that is just three days after he got robbed, those dudes got arrested. And um, everyone in the crew got arrested, which is crazy. And the crazier part is, you know, he was he was like, you know, at the precinct talking to this and that, whatever was cooperating with the police and everything. And these dudes are going to do major time now for strong arm robbery and the young dudes, man. So um, anyways, I didn't know that Max was a, even though he's been on the podcast, what, three times. I know he likes to drink and whatever, but I didn't know he was like a vintage wine connoisseur. He's a man of culture and he's a distinguished dude. And so um, we had two or three good bottles of some stuff. I think, what were they? He was trying to get, actually, no, we did. We had a 1974 bottle. We had a 2003 bottle. But I don't really drink wine, you know? And for sure, I haven't drank wine and gotten buzzed or drunk in a really, really long time. And I'm kind of like, you know, I lost a little weight this last week or so. And, you know, it's tracks, man. I'm like, fuck it, I want to say no to the dude, you know? In fact, he, he wouldn't even let me pay for the bills. Crazy. And I know we spent some bread there too. So, you know, I said, fuck it, let's drink. And it's crazy because you really understand drinking red wine. We have some really nice reds. Drinking red wine while eating an Italian dinner, it really hits different. And you understand why, like when you go to France or go to Italy, you know, some of their dinners are really heavy. It's pastas and heavy cream sauces. So you drink that red wine, breaks it down real nice, you know? And, um, when we started dinner, he had, you know ordered a few appetizers and stuff. The bread wasn't really all that great, and that kind of bummed me out. Because, you know, you feel like you should have, that's like the easiest thing you should have. There was a bakery. There was like, you know, they had cookies and shit and everything. There's like a, they had like a to-go section, whatever. And so I was kind of like, yo, I'm about to give tracks the side eye, right? Because I love Italian food. I don't play with my pasta. You know, I don't fuck around. That shit better be al dente, you know, and that's it. And the apps were low-key sus. So I was like, you know what? Let me just ride the way. Let me just chill, whatever. But then the entrees arrived and there was this homemade rigatoni that they make with salmon and, and it was in cream sauce and it was fucking delicious. She was fire, 
right? Anyways, nonetheless, he ordered like five desserts after. The actual dinner was great because the energy was fucking fantastic, right? I really had really like a real in-depth positive. It's just crazy because you see tracks go fucking off. Like Scott Disick, he went off on me and other people. But he's like a, a good human being, you know. He's like he's a good dude, like you know, like um, some of my Armenian homies are like, yo, that motherfuckers from Azerbaijan. And I just don't even pay attention to that, right? The energy, the company was good. Me and Safari had a real good talk, and um, I just think like, damn man, I, I really, I shit on this dude's life. I belittled him, you know. I badgered him. I was like, damn, and now we're friends. It's crazy. But um, you know, went to the Joy District uh, Friday daytime. Um, went to go see Greg earlier. And I was thinking about just both of them because I walked in the tracks to the store and walked into the thing. And, they, you know, they, they really put me on a really high pedestal and it kind of makes me feel a little awkward sometimes. And, you know, walking down 47th Street, it's like you get stopped. People are taking pictures like, yo, what's up, blah, blah, hey, yo, Ben Baller. Other, you know, uh, um, inspiring jewelers, new jewelers, OG jewelers, whatever. You know, I try to say hi as much, but I'm just like, yo, at this point, it's kind of, you know, it's unbearable. But I will say this. The environment that both tracks and greg have created at their workspaces is really just it's it's admirable right like no cap i really truly mean that they both have semi-large teams immediate teams they got larger teams than, than i do at if and co now factory wise i own my own factory i own my manufacturing so i probably have you know a bigger company overall but their companies are really growing and they're always growing it's funny every time i come back month or two months there's someone new there's there's a you know addition to the company it's cool and what I admire about, about Greg and, and Trax is their leadership as bosses and as jewelers is, is really great. You know, I have to salute them on that because I, I couldn't be a sole leader 24-7 just focusing on that. It's tough in any of my companies, you know. Um, you know, I give like, especially with like the jewelry stuff. That's why when I do the jewelry thing, people don't understand the separation between my, me and I and Co. I'm doing it on my own. Not everyone knows what's going on with me. And I know what's going on with IF and Co, but it's different things. I have to, you know, I give my input. I do my creative part. I'm involved from start to finish, even on the minor things. And that goes with my collaborations with brand partnerships, with network, with fucking my Bambar did the strain, all that stuff. And on the minor things, you know, like recently, because I don't have my assistant, you know, my, my real full-time assistant, like I'll even find myself going to FedEx because it, it humbles me in a way. Because I want to do it myself. I want to make sure it's done right. And, you know, look, uh, this is a, a dickhead flex thing to say, but I bet that I'm worth more than 95% of the bosses out there in the same business, okay? And I, I guarantee I'm 99.9% .9 of those bosses don't go into a FedEx ship center to ship a package out, right? So when I see memes, I see these fucking dumb fucks say, yo, bosses don't do this. You know, real bosses don't do this. What? 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 What do bosses do? Shut the fuck up, Goofy. Like, show me your tax returns, okay? Show me your bank statements. Show me your real estate portfolio. Show me your crypto portfolio. Show me something, okay? Tell me what the fuck a boss is. What the fucker? Shit cracks me up. But I, I mean, people are surprised sometimes. You know, the people like FedEx and UPS, like, yo, what the fuck's he doing here? And it's like, you know what? It's just something I just in my mind, like, yo, this just makes me feel so, somewhat normal. But back to tracks and Greg. I'm glad that I could do quick visits with them when I go to New York and they don't trip, you know, whatever, just to keep a healthy conversation going in the jewelry business. I love those guys, right? 
also, uh, while I was in New York, there was a huge NFT conference there. Um, I think Gary Vee was part of it, whatever. Uh, but some Doge Army members were there. Some people I haven't met, some I, I have met, whatever. And I didn't even know the NFT was the thing was going on, right? Like all the crypto NFT talk is usually on tw is Twitter, like I said. But um, this week, crypto is bullish as a motherfucker. It's bullying like fuck. My cold wallet is getting colder and colder. By the way, you know what? This got me to thinking. Who here listening right now has been following since I owned the domain benballer.com? Anyone follow me since then? Because the slogan on there on my website was what? Many are cold, but few are frozen. Right? It's fucking crazy. Yeah, but Bitcoin, Ethereum, both going insane. Okay. Um, there was a video I posted on my stories and on Twitter a few days ago that showed that if you invested your $1,200 stimulus check, the first one that ever came out, right? The day you got it in April, I forgot what day, but 2020, into these certain cryptocurrencies, this is how much they'd be worth now. And it's crazy that if you put that $1,200 stimmy into Doge, that shit would have been $128,000 today. And that's no cap. That's, you know, I, I was part of that early rush of it, right? If you put it into Solana, it would be $220,000 fucking dollars, which is nuts. And the thing is, the game is so different today. Everyone's kind of jumped in. And there's still a ton of people who haven't jumped into crypto yet, right? But people thought the same thing could happen with SafeMoon. And it didn't. That shit died. And, you know, so did most of his fucking community. So it's like some people are like, yo, tell me you own sheep. Like, why the fuck would I tell you own sheep? Now, there is an opportunity to make money and cool, but I was already a part of, of Doge. Now, you could be both. It's just, I'm not that type of dude. Like people think, as much as people may think that, that's just not it. Like, it's not necessarily the loyalty, but it's just like, if you're doing good with one thing, like, you know, could you imagine like you're dating some chick, you're like, oh shit, you know, I found, I found her, this, this bitch is finer. You don't know what the fuck's going on with that girl. You don't know what's going on inside her mind, inside her body, what kind of, you know, skeleton she's got in the closet, whatever. It's just weird. I just, you know, but um, another thing in the crypto space that's, that's kind of weird, that, that this page on Instagram exposed Boring Ape Yacht Club, the NFTs, right? They're, they're a huge fucking NFT. And uh, I guess they gifted one to Lil Baby, a $200,000 NFT. Now, remember, there's really no way to hide your wallets. You know, when, when, when you find an NFT, these things are numbered like, oh, Bored Yacht Ape, you know, 128, boom, you go to that page, you go to the OpenSea, you see that. You're going to be able to see the transactions, where it came from, the whole nine. There is a fucking trail so, you know, especially on these rare ones, it's easy. And I said this early on the podcast, you know, when these platforms were selling, you know, NFTs for $1 million, then selling out and then having this other shit. And then you check the bid history on it, like on all the NFTs that sold in that, in that little short period of time, the NFTs had the same five bidders. And then my boy put me up on game. He's like, yo, dude, these guys are just, you know, swapping wallets. That's all they're doing is fucking just switching fucking crypto wallets and just, you know, passing fucking, you know, Ethereum around. It's just bullshit, right? Paying the gas fees. So be careful, okay? Because rug pulls are, are real. But, you know, the cap is out there, but there are legit NFTs out there and there's ones that are pumping dumps. There, there's real shit. There always is. And, you know, it's just a weird time. Um, and some people push it really hard. Like Gary pushes it really fucking hard. And so does the dude I just had on the show, Matt Kalish, right? But, 
there are some that are bogus as fuck. So be careful. You know, make sure that at the very least, their utility is valid. Um, you know, the marketing is a big thing with NFTs. It's just what it is. But, you know, I hope that my official NFTs drop this year. It's an 85, 90% chance they are going to still drop this year. And I did it all official with all the best people, all the best fucking um, um, what the fuck, consultants, all the best people in the fucking space that understand everything from A to Z, everything official from blockchain to everything, okay? Because um, that one drop I did with Nick Diamond just really... It, it just wasn't an official drop. We rushed it. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I already talked about it before. I won't talk about it again. But, you know, great NFTs. I just regret using the Mintable platform. So, um, lastly, about my New York trip is I sat down with this billionaire, Adam Weitzman. And fuck, man, what a humble, nice fucking guy. Couldn't read the dude. Didn't know. You know what I mean? He just hit, hit my DM one day. And like, God damn. I'm so wary of certain guys and I always got my guard up. But this dude, like low-key came out of nowhere. He was he kept it 100 with me. He was really transparent about things, things I don't need to say, need to talk about here. Maybe there's it's not much you could really research on him, right? But he made a lot of friends fast. And you know, um, I mean, it's easy to do when you have that kind of bread, right? And most of you know that my favorite skyline view in the whole world is of New York City. Right, that Central Park view has just always been my shit. Okay, so I go to this dude's apartment that he only lives at like once, one or two days out of the week because he lives in upstate New York. And like I go to his his fucking Central Park South $60 million apartment. And like just entering the fucking building, my mouth was like, it dropped. You know, I've never really entered, I, I have one time. And, you know, even Jeffrey Epstein has that beautiful, he has one of the most massive, you know, apartment, brownstones, whatever the fuck, apartments in all of New York City. That's not that impressive to me. This was fucking impressive. You know, I got three homies who are worth at least a billion dollars. Three friends of mine, right? Let me say, none of them live like this. They live really good. There's so many different things. Just this level. This was just his fucking place he stays. Well, I can't imagine what his main residence looks like, right? And his main residence might not be as heavy as this is as far as value-wise, money-wise. But this is insane next level of all levels. From the entrance of like entering the building to the decor, to the doorman, just the way the doorman were dressed, the security, the technology of the fucking elevators even. Like it was just gorgeous, fucking breathtaking. The side where the cars park and everything, it was just insane the views from his apartment as you can see if you go to the instagram post and see that that was just one view insane to die for okay now he legitimately offered to let me stay there anytime i want to have me to stay for me to stay on this trip i'm like nah i'm cool you know he's like yo invite your family have your kids your wife i just can't do that like he was really adamant he's like yo please i insist you stay here crazy thing was he just came and had to, to have breakfast with me chill out, kick it for a little bit. We kicked it for a couple hours. Candace, um, the fuck, Candace Owens, the fucking bitch I can't stand. She was actually staying there. And thank God I don't want to meet, whatever. I'm just, you know, like I'm not about to, especially after I've said what I said. But, you know, even if you're a really close homie of mine, it, it's just, I, I'd have to have a certain, at least a 10, 15 year minimum, you know, relationship before I could even accept, like staying at someone's crib like that. Like, you know, maybe immediate family. I don't know. 
But again, two die four views. I might want to just go back to just look at you, just chill. Like it's just gorgeous. But yeah, we sat down, had breakfast um, right there in Central Park. Um, he was really chill, super normal. He had a bay hoodie on, you know, he's uh, early 50s, like my sister's age. Again, very humble. And he was like really excited for all the stuff that I got going on. And we talked about the TaylorMade collab, all this other shit. And like, I have zero intentions. I don't have any intentions on me and dude's friendship, which is cool. You know, I'm like, um, and, and, you know, I'm not like being asked me to invest in shit or nothing. Right. But it's, it's always good to have someone of that level of power, that level of wealth in your circle, period. You know, I was, I was looking at some, some pictures and videos of his, and he has, um, his two twin daughters and then he has an older daughter that's, uh, like 12 or 13 or something. And uh, his 12 year old daughter interviewed Donald Trump on Air Force One. And immediately, you know, you think, all right, well, shit, you know, that's the, you know, he's cool with Trump. But, I mean, but he's not really a political dude, which is crazy. And you get it at the end of the day, you know, Trump was the president for four years. So if he's, you know, the standing president, you know, it's it's a big deal for a kid. I get it. As much shit as I talk about, right? But he, you know, he's done charity events with people I don't care for, you know, um, but but he's just not about politics. He's, he's not he's not a Republican. He's not a Democrat. He's like right in the middle. It's more so like how I am for the last few years, even though obviously I've been a Republican for most of my life. It's just uh, it's just weird, and it's like that sometimes, you know. And we talked about a few things that we you know that we we agreed on a lot of financial things, and um, you know sometimes you work hard, and shit just hits and it takes you to that another level. Then you could be a doctor, be something else, and never invest in anything else. You just kind of stay in that one simple thing and just, you know, have your money in a bank account and that's it. And then, you know, sometimes you have a company that you sold or a product that you developed and a larger corporation bought it. And that's how you get that crazy paper. And a major part of his wealth was was because of that, right? And I, I forgot what the fuck he was. It's some kind of industrial stuff. It was like no tech or anything, but then it became in tech and that's where he got, you know, his wealth. And uh, when I say recently, like, you know, he made most of his money in this decade. So it's crazy. He told me some other shit too that was like real. But anyways, anyways, brings me to this. One of my friends asked me, because on my private stories, I post a lot of stuff on my private forex stories. He was like, yo, bro, like you're flying commercial? And I, I flew United Polaris first class, you know, lay down beds. And uh, recently he's been flying, you know, PJs, right? He's a young dude. And I said, yeah. I was like, it don't make sense for me to fly a private, you know, to New York City solo for myself. Like, for what? You know what I mean? It was like $3,500. Like, why the fuck, you know, you know, on my terms, you know, like, if I had to figure it out, I'd be at a specific, you know, I'd, I had to get there at a specific time. And um, I couldn't leave Wednesday night. And coming back, I had to come back at a certain time. So if I wanted to do that and everything else, right, shit's going to cost me $150,000 round trip on a jet that I want to go to New York on a plane that long, not jumping on some small ass little plane in New York, right? And, uh, you know, again, my Captain Morgan jet is for only Captain Morgan events. So I was like, yo, homie, let me ask you a question, man. Why don't you show me your your biggest bank account or even your, your crypto wallet, whichever account you have that has the most amount of money you got in it, okay? He's like, why, why? I was like, I'm going to show you my weakest account, bro. And I bet you you don't got what I got in my weakest account. So then he was quiet. <laughs> and even though like, you know, um, you know, I say this, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. 
you can easily fuck that good time up and go into bad times. Okay, you can get caught up and them good times don't last long enough and then the rest of your time on this earth becomes shorter and painful. All right, the perception is really fucked up about where you know this generation is going currently is scary. So that fucking guidance is really important, right? You know, and I'm gonna get into that in a little bit because this fucking uh, Willie Hutch that I'm gonna do is, is regarding that fucking dumbass generation that's coming on here whose minds haven't been molded yet. But, you know, everything gets corrected in everyone's life and in every game, no matter what. And when that correction happens, if you're not ready for it, it's gonna break you, okay? And that's part of being an adult. Adults brace themselves for the worst, right? Kids don't. They spend their last dollar on some fucking Balenciaga gear and some, you know, and some fucking Mr. Charles and tickets to a show, right? Every five to 10 years, I've seen that shit die out. And no joke, I just don't see these people anymore. I don't see them on face. I don't see them on nothing. They just literally fade away and they quiet. You know, it's just the best way to be, right? Especially if you ain't got nothing, you know, you don't want to, you don't already exhausted all the fucking favors, asking people for this, this, and this. And, you know, people I know from 20 years ago, like, you know, it's hard. You don't see them around, you know. I posted a really important meme the other day about marriage. I've seen so many people focus on the wrong stupid ass shit and they say dumbass comments, right? Like some, you know, like some fucking idiots talking about like, yo, love is enough. You know, you just do it sometimes. You just jump in. Like, no, you don't, bro. Not if you want it to fucking last. He's like, you should just have faith in God. If you have faith in God, it's going to work. That's what me and my wife did. And we're better than ever because we, we put our faith in God in this. And I'm like, bro, that's exactly the fucking reason why you should look at this. Because if my wife was super religious, we would have never got married. Okay? And same goes with me to her. You know, you wonder why your kids are sick or have autism. You know, maybe you have cancer, history of cancer in your family. And this may sound weird, but you should have those types of talks if there's a history of cancer in your family in someone's fucking family, right? You set yourself up for struggles that could be easily prevented or at least if you guys decide to go through, you know, whatever, and it's fucked up, right? Like, oh, boom, you know, you make up your shit. But it's like, look, it's life. You should, you should, you know, act accordingly and, you know, approach it, you know, the proper way. And if you do have those type of things, at least you both together can approach these issues differently. That's the thing. The conversation needs to be open. This new generation, you know, they're, they're so smart in so many ways, but so fucking clueless when it comes to preparation, okay? Practice makes perfect isn't 100% a true statement, but it's very accurate, okay? You should practice. Some need more practice than others, and some can practice every single day, and they might never make it to a professional level of their dream profession or hobby or sport or whatever. But not trying is a whole other argument. Okay. So, you know, I also got these dummies in the comments asking like, yo, why the fuck is Cristiano Ronaldo's pick up there? <laughs> He's like, a married dummy. Fuck Cristiano, right? Like, read the message, dummy. It says, before you get married, Okay, so maybe this is a fucking talk. I don't fucking know. I didn't make the fucking meme. I got off my boy Royce to five nines page, right from D twelve. Honestly, Royce five nine wasn't from D twelve. My bad. But he's Eminem's, you know, homie. So who gives a fuck if he isn't married? And and you know, who gives a fuck if Cristiano is worth one hundred fifty million dollars? I asked a question about prenups, whatever. They're like, well, he's not married. Look at 
people are comparing my net worth to his net worth. Where, where the fuck did that even come up? How? And I had to break the shit down to somebody. I was like, yo, look, there's nothing in the world that he can do with his money that I can't do with money. I'm gonna say, okay. The only thing that's difference between the only difference between my money and his money would be that he could buy, you know, a bigger mansion or a different mansion. And, you know, in the city that he's in with it, or it's it's the bigger yacht, and you know, and that's about it. When it comes to like vacations or cars or places that we can go to, it will literally be the same. Right? When you acquire, right, when you reach around $20 million in net worth, trust me, you better have someone smart helping you out, especially with your investments. How can it grow? What's aggressive? What's not? Right? Okay? You'd be dumb as fuck not to check on your own money every single day, at least as often as possible. That's a big mistake that people that hire a big accountant that's supposed to be hotshot dude who does all this and third, that that and everything, and don't check on their own shit. I check my shit all the time. Yo, why is this? What's Suleiman, what's going on with this? What's up with this, with this, with this? And it's not that he's in this, but, but I'm like on it. So I know like, yo man, 5,000 is gone. Yo, where'd that money go? Okay. But once you reach that level of wealth, you shouldn't have to worry about much financially like for the rest of your life, okay? If you did it right, you know, and if done right, your kids don't need to worry about shit either. But not everyone is built with the same mindset or the same discipline, okay? I said, I'm here for a good time and as long of a time as possible and I will stretch that motherfucking dollar out as far as I can and I know when to fuck off some paper too. Anyways, it's good to be back in LA. My neighbor's kids had a birthday party today and my wife really wanted me to go. I'm sorry, yesterday. And um, uh, the family is very well off. You know, my neighbors live across the street. Uh, both parents are doctors. They live very good. Um, they're younger than I am, but they're European. They look a little older, right? Whatever. But they live real good. Like I said, you know, they, they like designer clothes. They like to go on vacation to the Caribbean and Cabo and they eat at a fancy dinners and the kids go to private school. And I wanted my kids to experience like going over there, right? And see what it's like in other people's homes. And I want them to visit, you know, my mom's place more often. My mom's not letting anybody in because she's still paranoid about the corona shit and COVID-19. Um, and, you know, I want my kids to go out to other people, their friends' houses more often and stuff. And, you know, and not just experience stuff that we do. You know, I, I want them to see, you know, how we live and what, what the comparison is. You know, I don't have a, a Kardashian estate, right? But if I did, I might not have this podcast. That is facts, okay? But at the same time, I haven't hit any of my financial goals yet in life. And that's real talk. And when I do hit those goals, I will not be on social media, you know? I, I don't know if I'd have Facebook. I just won't be on there. And that's for sure. Because if you see how my private stories go, they're, they're so different from, uh, you know, my regular shit. But, you know, right now I'm still planting seeds I'm still creating blueprints for my kids and for the Asian American community. But yeah, you know, it, it's not like I'm doing shabby or anything. I'm just, you know, my kids sometimes, they don't know. They'll be like, they'll go to the grandparents' house. How come your house is so small? How come this? And the house is not that small. It's just a house is bigger than, you know, than average, you know? But anyways, guys, look, man, that was a lot of talking. We got a heavy fucking show still and we're still going. Um, it's time for a commercial break. Miles? Yep, you already know. I was going to say Q and that Lakey inspired. You already got it. Yo, guys, we'll be right back. We're going to pay some bills.
you're a busy person. So stop thinking about what to wear and just embrace the Mac welded daily wear system. The daily wear system is a selection of clothes rooted in a smart design made with performance fabrics and built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear and beyond, Mac Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, and play. Or wherever your summer takes you. I love their sweatpants and hoodies the most. For the ultimate lazy Sunday, their ace sweat shorts have modern tailoring and pair perfectly with their ultra-soft, ultra-upgraded Pima tees. For the weekend travels, both near and far, their silver knit polo and radius shorts are the perfect high-tech, highly packable combo. For 20% off your first order, visit macweldon.com slash baller and enter the promo code baller. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com slash baller. Use promo code baller for 20% off Mac Weldon, a radically efficient wardrobe. This episode is brought to you by Theragun. Leave tension and muscle aches behind. Whether you're an elite athlete or just someone trying to make it through the day tension-free, use Theragun. I'm making 2021 all about listening to what my body needs, which is why I'm keeping my Theragun close by all year. Theragun is the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good, it gets straight to the source of the pain by releasing tension. Using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. I'm bringing my Theragun on my upcoming family RV trip so we can all feel right. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and of course me, the Korean John Cusack. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash baller right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash baller. theragun.com slash baller. So most of you know, most people listening to this podcast know, this weekend had two major events that were going on, um, both in, uh, you know, in, in streetwear, hip-hop culture. All right, you got one is Complex Con, the other one is Astro World Fest, right? I didn't attend either one of them. But I'm tied directly to both shows, meaning, which means I have close colleagues, friends that are directly involved in both shows. This was the first time ever that I missed a Complex Con. And um, yeah, it was the first Complex Con I ever missed out on. But you know, I'm sorry to those who thought 
that I'd be at the Netflix Emotionally Unavailable booth, um, but I was in New York City. And then I was always obviously with my family yesterday, so I couldn't go and I feel bad because I know ASAP Rocky came to my store and people are like, yo, ASAP Rocky, you don't think I fucking know? Like, come on. But um, um, that red light, green light shit with the real fucking doll from Emotionally Unavailable, that shit was dope. It looked dope. I wish I was there. Just, you know, I had a lot of other shit going on. It was nice to do something different. But whatever with Complex Con, you know, I'm going to use it as a reference in a little bit with, with ASAP, right? But first, actually, you know what? I actually want to talk about this because I'm looking at my notes right now. I want to talk about this Kanye West interview on Drink Champs. Had to address this right. I've known Kanye West now for 20 years. Okay. Met him in the clubs when he was trying to get in. I've talked about this a lot. You know what I mean? I, you know, he was dating a very old friend of mine, Alexis Pfeiffer. So I know him through that side. I knew different sides of the dude, right? 20 years, long time. Never got super close to him. We could have been, you know, pretty good homies, you know, whatever we're more in the acquaintances, I'd say, right? I've chilled with them many times, been to his house, been in different cities with them, right? And, you know, maybe if, if I was like super tight, wanted to be, I could have been a part of his Donda crew. Sure. But you guys know that's not my flow. You know, I'll join and kick with here and there, whatever. But I'm not like, you know, back then, especially on my come up, like 08, 09, when I'm on with, with Jonas and shit, like, nah, that ain't really my thing. And Jonas was pretty cool with, with, with Ye too. But look, that just ain't me. And I thank God that I was never a part of that. You know, we're always cool, and that was it. It was it was a perfect amount of cool. But I got to say, the new yay definitely ain't the old yay. Now, this not cussing on his album, I mean, like taking all the cuss words off his album, talking about, you know, take the cuss words off his old albums and shit, and making things all super religious and about Jesus and being totally blasphemous, you know, and, and he is because he's using the Lord's name in vain, is such a fucking absolute contradiction that, you know, like, it's it's just, he's a fucking walking contradiction right now with all this stuff, the way he does things, and just fucking crazy, right? And there's people around him that want to do it, you know, they're making their bags, whatever, boom, they don't give a fuck about what he does, they should allow him to do what the fuck he wants to, and he seems so free to say what he wants, but it's like, it's cap. You know, and here's my issue, and why I'm talking about this, because the interview just came out, right? And I couldn't talk about it in real time, because uh, that's not how the show goes. But him going at Big Sean is some real bitch shit, right? And I'm not even super cool with Sean. You know, we follow each other on social media and we're civil, but I got homies who don't rock with Big Sean, right? So, you know, I'm a bit further than arm's distance from dude, but I got no problems, okay? But Big Sean was a big part. He was, Big Sean was a good part of good music, so for him to want to branch out and do his own thing is a good thing, pun intended, right? Kanye talks about the white-owned record labels being slave masters, right? Owning the, the masters and owning black artists' masters. But yet he's mad that a black artist under his, his label, like that he promised to release and release his masters to, Wants to be like independent and leave the nest, like do his own thing. Like the fuck, like yay! What are you talking about, bro? And you know, just the other day, it was uh, I don't know if it was Beanie Siegel or some shit was talking about how yay was gonna give him fifty million. I know Beanie could use it right now. That's for damn sure. Last time I saw Beanie, Beanie looked like you know he definitely you know could have some paper in his pocket. But it, it is what it is, you know. Um, and you know, look. Yay! By the way, if you guys don't know, Beanie Siegel gave Kanye the name Yeezy. 
So that's why he should fucking throw the man something, you know, so he's going to give him 5% of, of his stock or some shit. But look, yeah, yes, he speaks freely. And um, maybe now he's not really cussing, you know, but I wasn't paying attention to that so much. But dissing people, talking bad about people, making fun of people, belittling people on a public platform when you were just with these people and these friends, you had, you know, people you have long, you know, pretty long-term relationships with that you were just with two weeks ago and you didn't have the fucking balls to say this shit in front of them, that's some fuckboy behavior to me, okay? Now, some people will say, oh, well, you might talk shit about that. Okay, look, there's a difference though. I'm gonna say shit to their face. But at the same time, I'm not telling you guys that I'm all holy this and that and that, you know, um, you know, I respect God like this and this. I, I, are you, you guys forget my dad was a fucking minister. You don't think I fucking know about the Bible and shit? It's just fucking corny. Like him taking Cuddy off the Donda album was fuckboy shit. Because he took everyone off the album who didn't show up to his last show in Atlanta. He did like, what, two or three shows in Atlanta? He's like, they don't show up to his last show. I'm taking them off. He just had this long fucking, you know, draw out this fucking... No one talks about that fucking album, by the way, at all whatsoever. I haven't heard a single person bring it up in weeks, if not months, okay? Reason why Cuddy couldn't show up to that show is because Freshy, his dog, his fucking dog they love more than anything in the world, he's had, what, 15 years, whatever it was, Freshy died. Okay, so Cuddy couldn't go to that show. Cuddy flew out in a moment's notice to record out there and listen very carefully. Because I remember he told me, because, yo, I'm going to fucking Atlanta, blah, blah. I knew immediately. Look, very carefully. And I knew, I've known for months that fucking Cuddy was doing a song with Jay-Z and all that stuff, right? I want you guys to listen very carefully. This is not to be clickbait or to be taken out of context. I am not speaking on behalf of Scott, a.k.a. Kid Cudi, or speaking about shit that me and him talk about. Everything I just said is 1,000% my opinion about all Ye's actions and all that goofy-ass shit. That's just on me. Because I'm just laying out certain things that are just weird, right? Because there's other people he took off the album and everything else. I'm just speaking on one of my homies. That's it. It's nothing he told me. It's nothing. I'm not trying to protect anybody. I'm just letting you know this is all from me. Not anybody else. You bring it out with me if you ain't got a problem with it, right? Him taking Soldier Boy's verse off the album, I feel it. I get it, right? Shit was trash and doesn't make sense. And for Soldier Boy to get off and get off money, whatever, he's fucking completely delusional and let him be as fine. But the backhanded compliments he gave Soldier Boy is like, that's where the whole fuck shit with this religion, whatever. It's just like, that ain't something that a super religious man would do. A man of God, right? Him dissing Just Blaze. Like, what the fuck did Just Blaze do to you, bro? Like, you know, like I'm glad that Teleb, you know, Quelly, you know, had to speak on it and speak on some shit. And I don't want to get into all that. But I mean, you know, the crazy part is there's at least there's an hour more of that interview that didn't air. You know, and, and it's crazy, man. I hit up Nori like uh Earlier this year, I was like, yo, we definitely got to get on the show. There was a misunderstanding. I talked about it here on the podcast. Now, hit him recently, way before I even knew Ye was coming on the show, whatever. And I was like, yo, we got to jump on. Boom. And yeah, cool. We're probably going to do drink champs. I just don't know when we're going to do it. But what I'm saying is, it sucks to hide behind your security. It sucks to throw a rock and hold, hide your hands. You know, and other shit when you was just with these guys. Well, at least some of them. You know, like, that's so yay. Right, to be scared to not say anything in front of them. Like, I know Kanye. 
um, well, a long time ago, like uh, like 2006, I think, somewhere around there, he got talked into getting a tattoo. And he wanted to get a tattoo from Mr. Cartoon, but he didn't know exactly what he wanted. Boom, that's what he's like, kind of like, was just like nervous, whatever. He just felt awkward. So he just ended up getting a tattoo and ended up getting removed. And they ended up talking shit about Cartoon and some other stuff. And like, it was crazy because we were there. Like my boy Lepke had him pressed up. He had his security guards, big security guards that get paid a lot of money. We was all at Skid Row Studios. We're on Skid Row. If you guys know where the fuck Skid Row is in LA. Okay, ground zero. And you know, like, Motherfuckers was acting a little disrespectful, about to get clapped up and slapped up. You know, tunes don't play that shit. And I don't condone none of that punk shit. Talking wild when, you know, all this shit could have been said in person. Now, had Ye told all those dudes that he mentioned in the interview how he felt in person weeks before, months before, if they knew that shit, none of them people were surprised at all then man, I wouldn't even mention it. I would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have this discussion right now. This wouldn't even be a bit in my podcast. But what's fucked up is he didn't have that energy with Drake, the way he talked about Drake in there. It's like almost like he's complimenting Drake when he's trying to diss him because he's being very careful, right? You know, Drake took him down. I ain't gonna lie to you, right? Yeah, Pusha took whatever, you know, Drake out, whatever. But I'm just saying, to be truthful, I know Drake still got some bullets in his chamber. So like if Kanye were to go there, yo, he's ready to go. You know, for even Jigga, to have to publicly comment on it. Like, he he knows what time it is, okay? But for someone worth $6 billion, like, bro, you owe homies, like, three M's. You owe other people money. Like, come on, yay, like, that ain't it. You know, it's just fucking weird. And another weird fucking fact I just found out about is mind-fucking-blowing. Okay, this fucked me up. Did you know that Amber Rose... And Kim Kardashian, are they're born on the same day. I, I couldn't believe it. It's crazy. You know, and I remember when he started dating Amber. Like, you know, like, it, it was wild. I'll never forget if it was American Music Awards, whatever. It was with fucking when um, they were doing the song Swagger Like Us with fucking uh, MIA and all that shit. It was crazy. And then, like, recently, Ye liked a few of Doja Cat's picks. And um, some fool was like, yo, this fool Ye is trying to creep on Doja Cat. It was like a sexy pick, whatever. It was crazy. And then like, you know, people are starting to dig even more. And then guess what? Fucking mind-blowing. Doja Cat is born on the same day as Amber and Kim. Okay? Just fucking weird. I don't know. I just had to say that part just because people are like, yo, man, you know, Kanye be speaking freely. He just be doing this. He don't give a fuck. You say this. But it's like, yo, man, like, really, y'all... Y'all think that's cool? That old backstab sucker shit behavior? Like, nah, man. But okay, guys, look, man. Shit, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, with permission from my good friend, Michael Rapport, I'm going to do my first ever Willie Hutch. Okay, if you do not know who Willie Hutch is, I was a huge fan of his 30 years ago. Is a soulful brother, okay? Did the soundtrack for the Mac, one of the most famous fucking songs on the Mac. Only real motherfucking street motherfuckers really know what that is, okay? But I was a fan of his 30 years ago, which is 25 years before I even became friends with Michael Rapport, okay? But if you are a listener of the I Am Rapport podcast, then you know when Michael Rapport roasts somebody, he throws on that good Willie Hutch and he goes 
in. And there's times where he does it. You know, he does his Danny Aiello. He does his Willie Hutch. And so, like I said earlier in the show, when I was talking about left turns, put your seatbelt on. We're about to take a whole lot of left turns right now. Okay? So, guys, are you ready? My first ever Willie Hutch. Miles Davis, can you please cue in the music? Oh, oh man, Travis Scott, you punk little bitch, skinny, ugly ass, scared to look in the camera, cockeyed since the day you began rapping ass goofball. You copycat, no identity, no soul, bitch. Guys, let me first start off by saying my deepest condolences to all the people out there who attended that trash-ass festival, Astral World, and those who lost a family member or friends. My deepest, deepest condolences to those people. Back to you, Travis Scott. You fucking liar. You coward. You cheated your way into the game and the game knows it. You stole swag. You stole notes. You rode coattails. You don't even use your own voice on your songs. You promote violence and disruption on the highest level to kids whose minds are being molded still. Who are impressionable and look to you like you're some god. And the fucking thing is, you're not a god. You're a goddamn lie. You didn't see those lifeless bodies in front of your face? You didn't see those ambulances in the crowd? And by the way, for anyone defending this coward, you are a fucking tool. Okay? Fuck that psychopath who is stabbing people with the syringe. I ain't talking about him. I'm saying the Houston Police Department, aka as you Texans call them, the law, stated they declared the show an emergency 37 minutes prior to Travis Scott finishing his set, okay? Meaning, Travis, you could have saved lives. There is a video clearly of you looking down on lifeless bodies and people screaming at you. Right? Don't say you couldn't hear. I've been in those situations. I've been on the side of the stage. I've been everywhere you could think of an artist could be with a hundred thousand people in the audience okay not only did eight people lose their lives hundreds were injured and probably more there's probably going to be more damage psychologically and everything there's videos of people not being able to breathe okay there's people on tape screaming off arc just there's footage everywhere okay people screaming at your security people security using walkie talkies telling your production to stop the show people are dying people are dead there is a video during those moments of you saying, yo, yo, who told me to stop? No, man, fuck that. We're going to go. Can you know, not verbatim, but you did say, who told me to stop? And in so many words, you're like, no, fuck that. We're going to keep the party going. You selfish, no empathy, having ass. You just kept going for over 30 minutes after bodies were crushed. You tried to say you had no idea nobody was dead. And that there were too many people there for you to hear that, whatever. You just snitched on yourself, playboy. 
You told your fans to jump the gates, fuck the authority. You've been doing that. You've been arrested for it. You all that that rage your life, only rage this. You got that shit from fucking Cuddy, okay? And I know y'all are boys. I don't give a fuck. This is on me. This ain't got nobody. This is my opinion. This is me, Willie Hutching you, right? Kylie posted some videos of your crowd and their ambulances blatantly just in the crowd with lights on, flashing. Like, what did you think you were being a professional artist? Like, oh, I was caught up in the moment, you know? And, you know, I couldn't hear that shit. I couldn't, I wasn't paying attention to that shit. I'm just sitting there, not even, you know, I'm just in a zone. You know, where you, you were caught up in your lackluster, no metaphor, having fucking verses. You couldn't see the people were sick, being carried out, right? Fake-ass rock star. Did you see how Linkin Park handles their crowds when they are the biggest fucking rock band in the world? Huh? Or how about the Foo Fighters? You see how Dave Grohl handles their shows, how they have, you know, crowd control, which you could easily done. But they actually care about their fans, Travis. Okay, ASAP Rocky just performed in front of thousands last night at Complex Con. And he told the fans to move back. He screamed at them. He's like, yo, what the fuck you doing? Move back. Watch out. There's girls there. Get those girls up there and off this thing. You know, people were pushing girls and such and all that. All those deaths at Astro World could have been prevented. I don't blame anyone but you and your team. You had multiple chances to show some humility during your set, but nope. You just wanted to rage. And that fake ass apology that you put out, like that nobody, not even your deepest fans, believed that fucking apology, okay? That was horseshit, right? But your rodeo. Right? Isn't that your fucking, your hosties? My boy, Washington Ho, went to the show. He don't know nothing about me and yours history. He spoke on it and was like, yo, this is the worst produced show I've ever been to. Everything was unsafe. Glad my kids didn't come. He broke it down. And a lot of homies I know that went, people who didn't go. I've been watching this shit. I'm like, yo, it's crazy. And then Kylie comes in an apology. That was poorly written. And if anyone on Chris Jenner's legal team helped her with that, yo, you need to fire that motherfucker because you guys both made it obvious that you're trying to cover your asses instead of actually showing any care or empathy for the lives lost. Yo, Cactus Jack, you forget that I actually know you. You forget that I've always been around since the early days, you know, when you weren't really on on. You forget that you tweeted, yo, Ben Baller for vice president. I used to look up to this dude when I was in high school. You forget that we were always cool until we weren't. And I'll get into that in a little bit. You forget that I know that you've always been a sneaky dude. A little sneaky, you act like a little bitch. Right? You were that dude that rolled with Chris Brown to Coachella. And then you left with Rihanna. And didn't pick up Chris's calls because you were scared because he was a whoop your ass. And you ran from dude. Okay? You, you forget that my homie, my Korean homie, KB, got you your fragment Jordan collab with Hiroshi. Introduced you, made the whole shit. No love though, right? No love shown. People don't fucking know what the deal is, right? What really happened. Like I said, the game knows the work that you put in. And all I got to say is that bullshit, negative fucking energy that you've put out into the world is now coming back tenfold. Those impressionable kids who follow you, they deserve better. You manipulated your fucking following. 
Okay, that reckless behavior that you promote is now backfiring on you. All right, Travis. Maybe when your kids are older, you'll realize that it ain't cool to be a raging dickhead and not care about safety, the safety of others, the safeties of your fans. You say that mean everything to you because you did not try to prevent any of this, and it could have been, and now it's going to cost you. You studied the greats before you, but let me tell you something. The greatest never cheated. They never cheated the game. In the long run, this will be tattooed on you. So, you know, your so-called legacy is fucking tarnished. All right? So eat a dick. And by the way, the color brown is shitty. For real. Lastly, you wish death upon my family. And now that karma is a motherfucker. But congrats though, Travis. This couldn't have happened to a bigger dickhead. Yo, Miles, man, stop the music. I ain't cool with none of you faggots who just sitting here looking like a bunch of queers. You wearing a fucking La Flame shirt, motherfucker, then you better act like it, bitch. I'm gonna rip it off your fucking back. Guys, we're gonna take a break, man. It's our last commercial break. Supercharge your knowledge, your sales, and your success. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash baller, all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash baller right now. Shopify.com slash baller. So I got to keep 100. Um, You guys know this show is totally free. It does not cost you $1, not even 50 cents to listen to. Um, It's available everywhere that you listen to podcasts. So with that said, in order to make things make sense and pay the bills like our mega share server and, uh, you know, um, my producers, (laughs) got to pay my producers, right? We have to do ads. You know, maybe later we we run a subscription service, you know, that like a subscription-based service here on Apple that's ad-free, you know, have maybe a bonus episodes here and there. Maybe not. And you know what? Maybe fuck you. But th- that was our last commercial break. I just want you guys to understand that, you know, things are coming in and, and, and things have to be paid in order to get our studio and do certain things because I'm not going to take an L doing this, giving you guys free game and just do it. I'm just like, I'm making bank off this thing. You know, it's... it's you know, I do it because I love it, but at the same time, it has to make sense. Anyways, on the entertainment tip, um, 
I'm sad there was no BMF episode, no new episode, because I'm trying to like, I like, come on, dog, let's not lose, lose momentum 50. Like, come on, let's get this popping. Um, but there was new Law and Order and a Law and Order, uh, that new fucking shit with fucking uh, Christopher Maloney. I forgot the fuck his name is. Anyways, I watched a couple things that got me excited this weekend uh, that I want to talk about. A Man Named Scott is out now on Amazon Prime. Obviously, it's a story about Kid Cudi. Um, I got a small little bit in there. Um, I just feel bad. I should have. You know, I owe Cuddy a fucking apology, man. I should have just been to, I, I missed the premiere. I had so much shit going on. I'm trying to get all this shit going. It's just tough. It's difficult being an adult. You know, family comes first, you know, and then obviously the, you know, your work that pays for shit. You know, my recreation is, you know, I have so few friends. Anyways, the Netflix movie, The Heart of They Fall, the new movie with uh, Idris uh, Elba, in fucking incredible. That's out now. God damn. That shit was hella good. Um, hella action, great fucking movie. Harder they fall, highly recommend it. Um, and uh, lastly, I was on the plane, you know, obviously there and back, and uh, I watched uh, Harder They Fall on the plane going there, and then on the way back, I watched. I finally saw Fast and Furious Nine, and damn, that shit was trash. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I think after part four, maybe. You know, um, shit just wasn't about cars anymore. You know, it like had the the most little to do with fucking cars. The only thing that I thought about while watching Fast and Furious Nine, like the the only thing I could think about was where the fuck was the Rock, and you know, or Hobbs, right? And I, I just I, I couldn't get into it. Oh, I feel bad because I know my boy Sung is making, you know, he made his comeback and everything, right? But like sidebar, I like you know during the movie, like on the plane. You know, I Google The Rock's age, and then that fucking took my whole focus off the whole entire movie. And I know that the, the Fast and Furious Part 10 is the final thing, but he might not do it. And there's like this thing that Vin Diesel had said about whatever him. He's calling him little bro and all this weird shit and whatever. And like, Vin Diesel needs to chill. But um, I, I just, I Googled Rock, The Rock's age, and I was really sad to find out he's only a year older than me. And I was like, damn, bro, I'm old as a motherfucker. And then to make things even worse, I Google John Cena's age because he's in the movie. And John Cena's, what, four years, yeah, four years younger than me. I was like, damn, what's that got to do with the movie? Nothing. The movie was fucking trash. Okay, I just had to mention that, you know, just real quickly, just to, to hit that check mark, right? It's a lot to unwrap in this episode. There's a lot going on. But anyways, on to sports. Bad news first. My boy was a trainer for uh, the Lakers. And uh, I don't know what happened, the NASC. But, uh, you know, LeBron's injured, and I was just curious. Like, I thought it was like a minor thing, you know? And from a legit source, my boy was a fucking trainer. You know, he's out, he's, he's, out, he's out for six to eight weeks, okay? That ain't no short amount of motherfucking time. You know what that means? That means the Lakers are fucking, the season is fucking done, okay? Like, unless motherfuckers can pick it up, but you already know AD is going to get hurt, some other bullshit. I don't know, talking about chemistry and all this fucking other shit. It's just like, what the fuck, man? It it just sucks. I mean, we should see, right? I should, I should stay positive. We'll, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. But um, for those of you going to the game, if you're going to the Lakers game this Friday, the 12th, against the Timberwolves, I will be there, courtesy of BB Go again, sitting courtside with my boy Ken Jung, a.k.a. Mr. Chow from The Hangover. Um, I hope it's still a good game, right? It'd be dope to go see uh, Carl Anthony Towns and all that, right? I was, you know, but yeah, Lakers just, it just sucks, right? But I was in this, and plus I got fucking 
expensive ass motherfucking seats for the fucking Bulls game, right? But whatever. Anyways, I was going to speak on the Scottie Pippen situation, right? His new book and the comments he made about Jordan, but I just flamed Travis Scott so bad. Like, I can't roast another goofy ass dude on this episode, okay? So, Scottie Pippen, fuck you. Oh, Mr. Chili Pepper nose ass motherfucker. But, uh, yeah. Lakers season is uh, just fucking disappointing. But, yo, congrats to my boy, Jock Peterson. They won the World Series. Um, he is the ninth person to ever get a back-to-back World Series title on a different team um, while playing on different teams, right? I'm happy for him. That's my dog. Uh, I wonder if he's going to stay in Atlanta. I don't know. Situation with fucking, uh, with Kershaw right now, with the fucking, the, the offer. It's just weird. I don't think Kershaw's going to stay in I think he's, he's done. If he's not done this year, he's done next year, 100%. And going back to Atlanta, I wish Acuna was healthy. I wish he was a part, at least part of that WS trophy because his cards would go up even more. And I have a fucking very rare auto, Acuna auto that I fucking would love, man. I wish. But speaking of cards, I am sad that I missed the Project 70 party at uh, Cards and Coffee. Shout out to my boy Dan Fleischman. Shout out to my whole Tops fam. Brandon, Mike, Jeff. I could go. It was Thursday night. I was fucking, you know, debuting a million dollar piece at Cause's gallery show. So, um, yeah. But uh, I will be dropping more Project 70 cards to catch up because I'm behind by like four cards with everyone else. And uh, it is almost the end of the year, which is fucking crazy, guys. Like, we're approaching fucking Thanksgiving and then fucking Christmas. Just nuts. But while watching the football games yesterday, I pulled a gold refractor Mike Trout auto. I went fucking crazy. It was so lit. I was so excited. Pulled that out of my 2021, my 2021 BBDTC Chrome box and definitely the nicest pull so far out of that. It just like gave me more faith. I know there's more heat in there. Would love to get a Cunha auto. Love to get a fucking, I'd love to pull a Trout one-on-one superfractor. I love to pull fucking any of the fucking top guys superfractors. But like I said, my chrome boxes are still popping. There are box breaks all over. People like the product. It's good. I've given a bunch of boxes out to fans, followers, you know. And um, anyways, now on to NFL Sunday. Um, what a great NFL Sunday it was. Want to know why? Because the Cowboys got their asses fucking beat, right? A loss a Cowboys loss is a win for everyone. Okay, all right. The Bills, you know, I like the Buffalo Bills. I'm just saying they lost to a team that we fucking obliterated. Right? We fucking manhandled. We punched the Jaguars in the mouth. So for the Bills to lose that one, just fucking weird. And last but not least, Miles. I'm sorry, and we talked about this during the game, but yo, the Miners got fucking crushed. And they didn't just get crushed. They got crushed. They didn't even have K1 on the fucking Cardinals. They had Colt McCoy. Fucking Colt McCoy looked like Tom Brady circa 2005 against the Niners. Like, I thought that we had bad luck. I thought the Seahawks had bad luck. But goddamn. Like I said, Miles said this yesterday. He's like, yo, fire fucking everyone. Shanahan, the whole fucking team. I don't, you got too much talent. Like, what the fuck is going on? Play fucking trade. Just get Jimmy out of there forever. I don't even know if it was Jimmy's fault. It was just so much shit. And yes, the Niners, you're in the last place in our conference, the NFC West. Speaking of the NFC West, the Rams lost too. In fact, the Rams actually got their asses beat the shit out of by the Titans, right? Without Derrick Henry. Okay, 
the Titans are a team that we scored 30 points on with their best player, you know? And then we fucked it up on the defense on our end and lost in the last two minutes, right? But happy to see the Titans take them out. I already know what time it is, right? Because, you know, we, we play against fucking the Rams. And I think we got some shit popping. Hopefully Russell gets better. You know what? I haven't hit OBJ. I haven't talked to OBJ. And I know they got Von Miller and whatever. And it's funny thing is those two guys are like best friends. Last time I was with them, was we was partying together, I'm saying. We was partying in fucking um, in London. And then, yeah, OBJ came to my birthday party, my 45th birthday party. But, like, there, there's a chance that OBJ wants to come to Seattle, right? Think he can probably go to the Raiders, but, yo, we, we can afford him. Shit. I mean, he won't be, you know, WR1, but, you know, man, no offense to Blair and whatever, but, I mean, he's going to be, fuck, he, that'd be fucking crazy, okay? Now, tonight's Monday Night Football game should be interesting if you want a pick for tonight's matchup, whether it be the money line, whether it be the spread, whether it be a parlay to something else, okay? For tonight's matchup between the Bears and the Steelers game, go to captainpicks.com. Just trust me. Thank me later, all right? Been making a lot of motherfuckers money. The other night went 19-2. and two. We've been doing our fucking thing. To wrap up the sports shit, that Caleb Plant versus Canelo fight was pretty decent. I'm gonna tell you this right now. Canelo, uh, I mean, Caleb was actually on the scorecard more than a lot of people want to think he was and a lot of real professional fighters were talking about it. Look, I'm just not a fan of Canelo. So there ain't much else to say. Sad, you know what I mean? Um, but uh, salute to Caleb Plant. Congrats to Canelo. Canelo's actually with Taylor May, which is funny. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, plays golf, whatever. I don't know. I just don't, I don't know what the fuck it is. I just can't rock with dude, right? You know, is he in his prime right now? Was he younger? I, I just don't, I don't know, man. Something just don't rub me the right, just rubs me wrong with him. Um, yesterday morning, you know, I was fresh off a plane flight, hit Malibu, saw some beautiful cars, uh, saw Steve Wynn's Enzo, his actual Enzo that he sold to somebody, shitload of miles, but it was crazy. Um, getting in the Senna was really therapeutic. You know, I've been driving the, the Tesla every single day and then driving the, the, the SUV and everything here and there, but just, you know. Getting in the Senate was real therapeutic, even though usually I complain about it because it's not really the most comfortable ride and it's not supposed to be. But uh, that ride in Malibu was real nice, hitting some corners, got to, you know, got up there in speed. But seeing, you know, seeing the OG collectors there, I saw Peugeot 205, um, my boy Sammy just copped a, a Monza SP2. It was dope, man. It was good. It was good. Um, I'm itching right now to cop a classic hypercar. Um, Another Ferrari, something I don't know. I got an SF90 Spider coming in the next couple of months. My Porsche should be here any day. My 992 Turbo S in the special blue. I might even get a GT2 RS because that's not coming out for it. May not ever actually. Actually, there might not be a GT2 RS this year. There's a three RS that's coming. I know I got that, but I don't know, man. The car game is such a fucking shit show right now again with all that fucking just the price markups and everything. And this shit's starting to come down here and there. People want to realize, you know, no one ain't paying for this shit no more because where the fuck's all the money coming from? Anyways, for those of you who've been asking me, when is my Shaka collab going to drop? My Ben Baller Shaka collab? Look, them shits is lit. I <laughs> had fucking people hit me up all over New York, right? Um, it's going to drop the first weekend in December. I'm avoiding Black Friday. The quality is dope as fuck, especially for the wintertime because it's the thick tees, heavy tees, heavy fleece. The, the hoodies are heavyweight. It ain't that like light shit. It feels better than champion. It's real good. Um, shout out to my team at Shaka. Shout out to my homie Aaliyah for modeling the line for me. And a lot of people clicked on her page when I posted my thing on my story. She's Korean, by the way. 
super sweet girl, super nice, very easy to work with. Um, I'll be dropping pics from the campaign soon. Shaka is also a Korean-owned brand. They reached out to me, just end up working. Hopefully, we end up doing more things. Now, my tailor-made collaboration drops on November 18th, which is pretty soon. I'll release some info right before then about what it actually is. But again, no cap. This is the biggest, legitimate, biggest collaboration that I've done with any brand to date, meaning to me. Okay, it is a big deal. For anyone who's played golf or plays golf, you know how big of a flex that is and you know what tailor-made is when it comes to golf clubs, okay? All right, I got a surprise drop on network also at the end of the month. I will make, you know, a short little, I'll, I'll tease a little something. But again, stay tuned to the network app. There's a lot of shit going on. Shout out to all my network team. Uh, my boy Aaron, obviously, uh, Gaston, um, Holland, uh, Jamie, everyone over there at network. But guys, that is it. Gave you guys a fucking heater. Gave you guys my first Willie Hutch. Thank you for listening. You know, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend about BTB. Please make sure you hit that subscribe button and all that good stuff. Um, I'm off to San Francisco for some Ben Ball did the strain business. Yo, your boy is about to launch a virtual weed dispensary. Yes, like a for real. I'm about to own a dispensary and it's going to be fully virtual. Okay. Yeah, that good shit. Yes, sir. If you see me in San Francisco, say what's up. You know, I'm, I'm regular dude. It's all good. But yo, Lakey Lake. Yeah, dog. It's time for you to take us out of here, fam. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.